All right, let's talk about uh, you. You had a recent trip to uh, to the Middle East, and uh, you yeah. talked a bunch about uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, regulation, uh, infrastructure, etc. Tell us a little bit about the trip. Why'd you go, and, and kind of what was the conversation like with uh, Middle Eastern investors? Well, the largest uh, pension or sovereign funds in the world are in the Middle East, and and I was I really wanted you know this. There's policies that comes out of the region, but the, then there's also the opportunity to sit down and talk to the leadership there about what their intentions are in uh, specifically Bitcoin mining. I was interested to see if there was a way to invest together um, because what, what they're contemplating in some of these countries are sovereign um, mining operations. And so what what is that going to look like? And so what I learned, and this is because you were talking about institutional adoption. So let me tell you what I think is going to happen in the next 24, 36 months on, on this very topic. Once a sovereign fund decides it's going to invest in Bitcoin, it's going to want to mine it sustainably and ethically because we've got a lot of controversy. It started last year. I remember at Bitcoin 2021 and the, the whole Elon Musk thing. We've talked about it a lot. The conversation around ESG and and is, is mining Bitcoin going to be compliant with ESG, ESG mandates, specifically the Larry Fink letter, the largest asset manager on earth, BlackRock. And so this is what they're, this, this is what I'm getting out of this conversation and the way I think I'm going to invest, because I've always wanted to open up my own mining operations and I'm going to probably do it in this calendar year. So number one, is it approved by the community it's set up in? both politically and by the people that live there. What's the plan to give back to that community? So let's take a Nordic country, Sweden or Norway or something like that, where a lot of these adoptions are occurring. It's happening in West Texas too, but the whole idea is that you go to that town in West Texas and you, you have an agreement with the mayor and the city council. Like you're, you're compliant with them to start off with. You're going to give back to the grid, whatever it's going to be. You're going to mine from the, this, from the, the, the stack heat, maybe you do hydroponics, whatever it is, you get them on board. Number two, can you keep the, the, the award? If, when you get awarded a coin, can you keep it on the balance sheet? So I, as an institution, can buy your equity. I don't have to buy the coin. I don't have to go to my committee and say I'm buying Bitcoin anymore. I just buy your stock and now I own the coin. As long as you make the promise to me that you're never going to sell it. Because now I know it's being mined ethically. I know it's being mined with the community in mind. I know the political environment there is on board. I'm not breaching any reg regulations. And now I own the coin. And I get exposure to the price through the equity. I tell you guys, that's what's going to happen this year. You're going to see a ton of capital go into these new projects. Some of them will use old Chinese stacks because they're all exiting the country, all that equipment. And they're going to be set up in jurisdictions just like the way I described it, with the equity being the way the institution owns exposure to Bitcoin pricing. And those are the deals I'm going to invest in. So when you think about that, um, are there places in the Middle East that you think this will happen? Or is it too hot there? Is the political climate not ready for it? Like, how do you think of the Middle East fitting into that? Because you mentioned the Nordic countries. You mentioned places like West Texas. Is the Middle East potentially a place? They got a lot of oil. They got a lot of power production going on there. Like, how do they think about it? Well, they also have nuclear power there, too. They have excessive electricity available. It's about the cooling. You're right about that. There may be a way, and this is being explored by a couple of ventures right now, to build the facilities way underground, in the, underneath the sand, like way down. So the cooling becomes far more efficient. These are really, really large stacks. We're talking about big, you know, close to billion dollar facilities. The, the, I think in this, the way to start thinking about this, and I've come to the conclusion is different jurisdictions 
let's let's take if you're an investor like me, you've got to find jurisdictions where they're compliant with the local regulator. Now, the most advanced in my mind right now is Canada. Canada was the first to allow you to do an ETF with Bitcoin as the underlying asset. Then they opened it up for Ethereum. Now they have multiple ETFs in that jurisdiction that people from all around the world are investing in, compliant with the regulator. They just licensed the very first market crypto exchange, the very first in Canada. I know that because a company I'm involved in called Wonderfy bought it last week for about $160 million. It's the first of its kind. This allows institutions or individuals, right now it's focused on Ethereum and on Bitcoin, but it's going to expand, the mandate will expand. And so it allows for people to set up accounts and actually do price discovery on an exchange. So we're very excited about that. So it got me thinking, where else is this gonna happen? What other jurisdictions are going to open this up and licenses are gonna be granted? Eastern Europe, Nordic countries, Middle East regions. So I'm on an airplane all the time now. I'm going to meet with regulators saying, look, this is what we did in Canada. Can we do this here? And when they say yes, I'll invest there too. I, I, I wanna be in the exchange business. Why? Because I'm agnostic to price. The more volatility there is, the better it is for me. So if I make eight or 10 or 12 basis points every time you're trading, I'm in a great place. It's the picks and shovels of the, the future of, of Bitcoin and digital currencies and payment systems. I wanna be part of the exchange. All right. Before we talk about the exchange, I have one last question about the uh, the mining. If I tweeted and said Kevin O'Leary is considering investing in an underground desert Bitcoin mining facility, would that be like an accurate statement? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Because the technology has not been proven. Got it. The, 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 it's, 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 it's being conceptualized. But the reason you don't see a lot of stacks in Middle Eastern or desert countries is what you pointed out at the beginning, Pomp. The heating costs are brutal. Yeah, I mean, our, the cooling costs are insanely, you know, brutal. So that's not—it's not time yet because it hasn't been proven. But each year, the technology advances. If there is a cooling system that makes sense, they're going to discover it, because most sovereigns want to mine Bitcoin on their own land, where they have control of it, where they can do it ethically and according to the regulators' rules. Most people would want to do that. Now, West Texas and the governor in Texas, as you well know has embraced crypto, specifically Bitcoin. And there is a ton of capital going to West Texas right now, right down to the town level. And so there's multiple projects there. And I think you're going to see a lot of capital. And there's a big initiative on right now to find an American manufacturer for stacks so we don't have to buy everything from China for obvious reasons. China's got itself in a little hot water here and there, as you know. But we don't have that yet. So there's a lot to have happen. I think this will be discussed all through 2022. This is where the, this is where the puck is going.